You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Wednesday, <clears throat> and apparently the frog is hiding in my throat. I have one too. So, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> it's Wednesday, March twentieth, and uh, it's it, well. It's time to get our day started uh, studying the Word of God this morning. We we did that with uh, sharper iron, and now. Take a look at uh, some things going on here and across the country. What's recently happening in the news that's, mm-hmm. I think, of, uh, uh, of interest to many of uh, our listeners who are either uh, roster church workers or they love their roster mm-hmm. church workers. Hopefully they do. Yes. And <laughs> um, and so what is uh, of uh, great interest to them? And also, uh, Sherathon right around the corner here at KFUO. So yeah, we're going to share about Sherathon. Mary's going to pop in studio here in a little bit to share about uh, what is Sherathon and what are we going to do? What's new this year? So excited about that. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Larry Hansen is an attorney in the Chicago office of Locklord LLP and represents a number of religious organizations throughout the United States. And you may or may not have heard about um, the clergy housing allowance in the news recently, but it's it's kind of a big deal and affects, <clears throat> excuse me, so many um, rostered church workers. Uh, being one of them myself, mm-hmm. uh, this was this was important. So uh, it's a it's a privilege to have Larry with us this morning. Larry, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. What is the clergy housing allowance? Well, the clergy housing allowance is a provision in the Internal Revenue Code that allows uh, ministers and other religious leaders to exempt from their taxable income an allowance provided by their church uh, to cover their uh, housing expenses. And when I say minister, I should say that, uh, that that's just a term of convenience and that it really refers to religious leaders of all denominations, regardless of their title. So it applies to uh, ministers, priests, rabbis, etc. I'm a commissioned, I, I'm listed as a uh, commissioned church worker, not an ordained mm. uh, minister. And so I, too, fall in that category. I think they're for... Um, the IRS purposes, it's what ordained, commissioned, and I think licensed was another category, if I remember correctly. Correct. So I fall into one of those categories as a commissioned church worker, as a director of Christian education. And, uh, and so we have many church workers who fall into those categories. Mm-hmm. It, it Around this time of year, it gets to be a bit of a challenge, too, when you're trying to file your taxes for tax returns in, in hopes of a <laughs> return. Uh, it gets to be a bit of a challenge. But what was uh, how was this uh, clergy housing allowance at risk of being lost recently? Well, the uh, to step back a little bit, the this was a case brought by the Freedom from Religion Foundation, uh, which and several of its executives. The Freedom from Religion Foundation is a uh, organization headquartered in, in Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, as its name implies, and as its bylaws provide, its purposes include. Uh, to promote the constitutional principle of separation of church and state and to educate the public on matters relating to non-theism. So they are opposed to the housing allowance, and they teed this case up by uh, granting a housing allowance to several of their executives. The executives then excluded the value of that uh, housing allowance from their tax returns, filed their tax returns with the IRS, or in some cases amended their tax returns, and through after several years, the IRS basically did 
denied the exclusion of the housing loans from their tax returns. That gave them standing, as we call it. So they were then filed suit in federal district court in the Western District of Wisconsin, uh, claiming that the provision of the code for the housing loans for ministers was unconstitutional because it violated the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment. Um, the district court, uh, hearing the case, uh, granted summary judgment to the plaintiffs in that case in October of 2017, and the uh, parties, the defendants, appealed to the Seventh Circuit, which is the federal appellate court here in Chicago that encompasses Indiana, Illinois, and, and Wisconsin. And last Friday, a three-judge panel of the Seventh Circuit uh, reversed the district court and held in a three-to-zero decision that the housing allowance was indeed constitutional and did not violate the Establishment Clause. Why is this uh, this ruling so important for uh, church workers? Well, because it affects so many ministers throughout the country who have really relied on this allowance since it was put into the Internal Revenue Code in 1954. So uh, it affects a great number of ministers throughout the country, many of them in uh, small uh, towns and areas, and the exclusion of the housing allowance from their income really allows them to carry on their ministry. Without it, that could be jeopardized. What is the the Church Alliance, the organization that uh, you served on behalf of? Yeah, our role was to represent the Church Alliance in filing what's called uh, an amicus brief, which literally means a friend of the court. Uh, the Church Alliance is a coalition of the chief executive officers of 30-some church benefit organizations, which are affiliated with uh, many Protestant denominations, a number of Jewish organizations, and Catholic schools and uh, institutions. Uh, primarily, they cover benefit plans covering, uh, uh, oh, I'd say 150,000 churches and synagogues throughout the United States, and covering many employees and ministers. So the Church Alliance had an interest in this issue uh, because of its immediate effect on compensation and housing, and also because of the effect on retirement benefits. So we filed the amicus brief in the Seventh Circuit on behalf of the Church Alliance, urging the court to reverse the district court and uphold the constitutionality of the housing account housing loans. Um, joining in the brief with the uh, Church Alliance were uh, 30 or so churches or other religious organizations that signed on to the brief. What was key in the brief? Well, I think the key in the brief is that the district court felt that housing allowance was unconstitutional because it provided a unique benefit to ministers not available to uh, other individuals. Uh, what we tried to show in the brief is that uh, it wasn't exactly unique. Uh, it was a provision that was part of a number of provisions in the Internal Revenue Code that provided uh, tax benefits 
to housing-related issues. For example, uh, military officers, employees serving overseas, uh, employees that uh, provided housing for the convenience of their employer. Um, so that it was not unique. It was just part of a, a number of provisions all related to housing. Uh, minister situations are a little unique because um, unlike some of the other situations, in some denominations, ministers are treated as employees. In other denominations, there's, they're treated as independent contractors. So uh, the housing allowance was intended to recognize that distinction. Which is the, the case in, in, in LCMS, church mm-hmm. workers recognized uh, more as independent contractors. Mm-hmm. So self-employment uh, comes into play there as well, certainly um, uh, significant. Um, any further points regarding the, the future of the clergy housing allowance? Do you think that there are any future p- potential risks? Well, I think so. This is really not the first challenge we've seen to the housing allowance. Uh, we were involved in two other cases involving the housing allowance. In uh, 2014, uh, the Freedom from Religion Foundation uh, brought a, a case on the base alleging the unconstitutional of the housing allowance. Uh, that case went to the Seventh Circuit, and it got dismissed there for procedural grounds. Um, and even before that, back in 2002, a, a appellate court in California had raised the issue of the constitutionality in connection with uh, Reverend Rick Warren, uh, who is uh, then currently involved in a uh, dispute with the IRS. Uh, that case was uh, mooted with the passage of certain legislation. So we've seen it before. I expect uh, further challenges may come. Uh, it may take the form of uh, urging Congress to change the law. Uh, it could take the form of other opponents of the housing allowance trying to file suit in other jurisdictions and hoping to get a different result than what just occurred in the Seventh Circuit. And as you shared earlier, um, if if that housing allowance uh, is no longer available to ministers, that would make a, a big difference, especially in uh, in those smaller town and rural settings mm-hmm. as well, I'm sure. Yes. Well, Larry, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for sharing with us and uh, and, and for uh, your work on behalf of the Church Alliance uh, regarding this issue. Oh, thank you for having me. Coming up in just a little bit, it's a uh, favorite time of year. It okay. Is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a it's like a big family reunion here at, uh, at KFUO, and that's Sherry. We pack the studio. Oh, that's right. Uh, we we actually it gets so packed in the studio that we have to leave the door open. It's true. <laughs> Because we can't fit everybody in. Uh, no, it's it's like a big family reunion. That's a Sharathon 2019 right around the corner. Uh, just about a month away, a little over a month yeah, away. soon. And uh, excited to uh, have Mary in the studio to talk about that as well. You're listening to Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golson. I had to click the button. Where's the music? There it is. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. <laughs> 